walnuts. That's all right. Okay. I've learned I'm going to be one of those pastors when I preach. I might have to have a rag with me at all times. Wipe off the sweat from the bald head. So, hey, uh, we're, we're on this uh, journey uh, of this series called Grace, God's Presence in uh, Darkest Moments. And today I'm going to talk about strength. But after watching that video, I want you to think of these questions and answer them to yourself. When the storms of life roll in, where does your strength come from? Who do you turn to when everything is spinning out of control? Do you rely on yourselves or on the power of Christ Jesus? It showed it in that video, but Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Are we allowing God to be God or in our lives, or are we being our gods in our life? Last week, um, we learned that we need to remind ourselves of the gospel every single day. We shouldn't hear the gospel just one time and say, ah, I've heard that before. And we see the sunset, we see a sunset or a sunrise every single day, but we don't ever say, ah, I've seen that before, right? No, we stare at it. We stare at the beauty of it every single time. And we need to be doing the same thing with the gospel and reminding ourselves of how wonderful it is. And in Paul, so we're talking in Ephesians. We're going through a little bit of Ephesians in in chapter 3. And Paul is teaching us in our text today four ways to know and receive strength from God. So I want to start out with uh, reading the passage for today. If you want to grab your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, and you can read along with me. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, you can use the Bible app on your phone, or there's uh, Bibles underneath the chair there in front of you, and the page number you need to go to is uh, 1058. So let's read this. Read along with me. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its, its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, his, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to, to do immeasurably more than all who ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So I want to do a real quick recap of the first two chapters that will lead us up to today in chapter 3. Over the first two chapters... 
Paul's, in Paul's letters to the Ephesians, he's, he is drilling deep into the roots of the identity issues. He has a picture in mind of where his listeners are currently standing in the terms of their identity. Okay? And he has a picture of where he wants them to be. It's not enough for Paul to simply acknowledge and discuss discuss where his listeners are struggling in their identity. And he's focusing on where he knows the identity is actually rooted in Christ, and he wants to take them there. And he wants to move from the place, move them from the place they are currently standing and to the step that he wants them to take and be on. So it's kind of like a doctor, like a doctor, the apostle, Paul, the apostle Paul sees sickness in his patients, and he, he's seeking to help them become healthy. And it's like a teacher, a good teacher. He sees the lack of his students and his students, and he wants to build them up. It's like a, a good pastor or a good shepherd. He sees the lack of... Uh, uh, Excuse me. He sees the danger of his, uh, the places his sheep are feeding. And he wants to move them into a safer place and a healthier place. And it's like a, uh, a good physical, the, the, uh, excuse me, physical the, the trainer. There it is. Uh, he wants, he sees the weaknesses in his trainees and wants to help them become stronger. And it's like, uh, it's like God, he sees the place his sons and daughters have been standing, and he's unwilling to leave them there, okay? And Paul was pointing to them to a deeper experience with God in the midst of some of the greatest moments of darkness. This is where it brings us into chapter 3. Okay, so the Ephesians needed confidence. They needed strength. They lived in a culture that was at war. They were being attacked by all sides of different worldviews that tried to water down the truth. And they were uh, being persecuted just for being named as a Christian. And on top of all of that, the big glaring issue, especially for the Gentiles, of being treated as inapportant subsets of the population. The Jews regarded the, uh, the Gentiles as being dirty, second-rate citizens. And the, the discussion over whether or not the Gentiles could be a part of the church and, and, where, uh, and what they had to do to become a part of the church was being blazing out of control. And so you got Pastor Paul, the famous Pastor Paul of the Gentiles that were locked up. He was locked up in prison awaiting a death sentence. Okay? So you see that Paul begins his writing. Look at, he begins his writing with verse 1 for this reason. For this reason. The reason for Paul begins. Well, for this reason is he wanted to explain why he prays for the Gentiles. And he wanted to give them the basic, the basic truth about the Christian life. 
And so for today, it's strength. That's our focus today, is strength. And Paul concludes his description of the identity uh, in Ephesians 3, chapter 3, 14 through 21. Our strength comes from the gospel, from the grace of Jesus Christ. God wants us to know that we have strength. We can feel weak in our Christian walks, but God wants us to to know the strength that is available to us. And so that's where we're going to come to today. We're going to have four ways to know and receive strength from in the darkness in our lives. So take out your little uh, paper there with the points. We're going to get into the points here. Point number, the source of strength is prayer, the first one. The first one, the prayer, the, the prayer of strength, okay? Look at verse 14. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. When it says last, when was the last time, think about this for yourself, when was the last time that you actually got down on your knees and prayed for someone? So we pray prayers like, God, I'm praying, praying for Sammy uh, to uh, get his, uh, heal his foot um, and his foot to get better. But here's Paul in 14. Paul is showing us a great posture of prayer in verse 14. He's not only representing an attitude of submission, but proclaiming that we have a great God, a creator that loves us, and a great king above all kings. But Paul is begging God for the Ephesians. He's coming to his knees, and he's not just coming to his knees, but he's crying out to God and that they will use the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit that, that provides in the times of the trials, and he's letting them know that. It is, it's prayer of strength. One thing I have come to learn, and not just learn, but one thing I have come to enjoy about our elders in North Hills and Pastor David is at the end of every monthly elder meeting that we have, we close our time in prayer. And there are often times that they, that some of the elders and even Pastor David will get down, down, down on their knees and they will pray for the ones that need prayer, the ones that are need, in need, the ones that are not in need. They are praying, crying out to God for these people. And it's not just a simple prayer. It's a prayer like Paul is crying out to God, praying to God for those people in need. And letting them know after, hey, I'm praying for you. When's the last time that we've done that? When is the last time that you've, as a church body, that have we done that? Especially in the time that we're in right now. All the chaos that's going on. To get down on our knees and pray and crying out to God. Are we praying for the ones uh, in our county, in our nation, in, our, in the world? And I'm encouraging for all of us to do just that, to get down on our knees and crying out for the, to, to God for, for, for everyone that is around us. One way that we come together here at North Hills as a church body of praying is the, church of, uh, the, excuse me, the concert of prayer. 
Another, reason, another way that we do this is we just learned about uh, the, the prayer meeting. They all come on Mondays, right, Ladon? Monday at what time? 4.30. They come together at 4.30 and then they pray. But let's move on to chapter uh, verse 15. Look at 15. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Paul is reminding us that it, there is only one being that everyone comes from. The word is, and you look back into the ending of 14, Father. There is one Father that of all fathers came from. It's like taking a deep breath. In fact, do that with me. Take a deep breath. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. You see, that? that's there for us to take that deep breath to remind us that you and me are only able to do that because of the Heavenly Father. Allows us to do just that. We are that important. It's God, our Heavenly Father, that makes that decision that you and me can take that next breath. And that is why Paul is saying to the Ephesians, hey, hey guys, this is why I'm coming, down, coming to my knees and praying for your strength. Because he knew that he wasn't powerful enough to save them or give them that strength, but he knew the one that could do just that. And he can and he will. The one, is, the one that is immoral, the, the, the Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who loves us passionately and perfectly, God's grace preaches that to our soul. Preach the gospel to your soul every day. Let's look at uh, verse 16. Verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, in your inner being. Think about this. Look at this. His riches of his glory. The phrase of his glory is, is saying that Paul is still on his knees and he's using verse 16 that those riches belong not to us but to God. And why? Because of who he is and for his glory. The creator of everything the Alpha, Alpha, and Omega. Paul is not just praying to God to give us these riches, but that God would grant us believers to be strengthened by God according to his riches. As a worship pastor, songs come to my mind when I read scriptures, right? And yeah, this is a little different. I challenge you to do it, David. So we're going to quickly just say sing one song, one verse. Then I want you to sing with me. There's a reason behind this, I promise. Have you ever heard of the song called Holy, Holy, Holy? It's a hymn, right? 1800s, I think, right? So is it up on the screen? There it is. Ready? You want to sit in with me? Come on, sit in with me. Holy, holy, holy Lord. 
This song right here, keep that up, Roy. This song is based on Revelations chapter 4. Think about the scene that God appears at jaspers and rubies, and there was lightning and rumbling and pearls of thunder with hundreds of millions of angels blowing down to him. Because why? Because God is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent. And he is the one who is in charge of everything. And every single one of us, and he is capable to do just that. That is why Paul, here in verse 16, is saying that according to his riches and for his glory, he's begging God for the people that love he loves and is praying for God to strengthen them with the power from the Holy Spirit and continue to grow spiritually and become stronger in the power through the Holy Spirit. This is the way we can be praying for people. When, when times get tough and trials hit our lives and we're feeling weak, which again, that's kind of happening right now. Not to say that it's much happening here, but everywhere. Remember the promise again that the Lord said, Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And even in the good times, even in our good times in life, we need to remember and to fall on our knees and pray just like Paul did to the one and only Almighty God. Not just praying, but crying out to Him. And we need to, the prayer of strength, especially in the darkest times. So let's go to number two. Number two is this. The result of strength. Verse 17 says this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, the word here is dwell. Dwell doesn't mean you, you just arrive, but it means that you're settling down to make yourself at home. I think about when our family comes and sees us for a short visit, a visit uh, just as any of us would do when we're traveling. They leave their stuff in their travel bags and they try not to make a mess in the room. Sometimes. But some of us move into a permanent home. And what do we do? Oh, I don't like this, 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 and this, and this. Right? Change the wallpaper, if there is wallpaper. Change, paint the ceiling. Uh, replace the carpet. 
take out, the, take out a wall that we need to make room for, uh, make more room, or get rid of the wood paneling? Yes. Christ cannot be at home in our hearts until our inner person submits to the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying here that when the Spirit of Christ moves into a, into a person, he will come and do some redecorating everywhere. Christ will make changes in us, and Christ will make, make it so he's more at home in our lives. Okay, so let's go back to look at 17 again. And then it says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. You as an individual are being, in stupid, in, in being rooted in and being grounded in love. We are going to talk about love next week. But the idea is root, rooted, being sticking into us, which is the love of Christ. Jesus is like throwing the seeds to plant. You think of the farmers around here. The farmers go out and they plant the, the seeds. And then you, the, the, the crops grow and they have that strong uh, roots that, in the ground. And this is what Paul is meaning here, that we're being rooted and established in love. When we ask for true forgiveness, repenting of our sins and allowing Christ to make, make himself at home, we are submitting to him as Lord. The result is that becoming uh, the result is that we become rooted and grounded in love, settling with a strong foundation of love. But what about the people? Think about what about the people that don't know Jesus? What about the people that say there is no God? What about the ones that haven't had the root of in Jesus? What are we going to do? to talk to them, to show them, to teach them what is love, the love of Christ, and having that strong foundation in him. Being rooted, deeply rooted in Christ is living that death before others. Okay? So the prayer, the prayer of strength, the result of strength, and then the next one that Paul teaches us is to receive the strength from God. So number three, the source of strength. That's your fill in there. Let's go to verse 18. Verse 18 says this, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how long, or excuse me, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Here Paul is saying, and he's given the reason of, reasoning of strength on his knees, saying, God, let these people have the strength to comprehend with all of the saints to what is the spread of the how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. So Paul is, Paul is just also using the dimensions here as a major theme of his letter concerning God's grace with those words of wide, long, high, and deep. So let's look at those words. This is in your fill in the blanks too. The word wide. The word wide illustrates God's accepting love. 
If you go back to Ephesians 2, 17, it says, He, meaning Jesus Christ, came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Having trusted in Jesus Christ fully, nothing you have to do and could ever do could put you outside of his embrace. It's that powerful. Look at the second word. The second word is long. Long illustrates his lasting love. The love of God for us began before creation. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, For he chosen us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in the sight in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with uh, his pleasure and will. He, committed, he has committed himself to, to love us for eternity. Again, it's that powerful. Look at the next word, high. High is exalting, illustrates his exalting love. Ephesians 2, uh, 6 through 7, it says, And God raised, up, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus, Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might, come, uh, come, he might show in the reaches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So we are not to say, we are not only saved from hell, but we are lifted into heaven. And we need to grasp how high is the love of Christ, how much he has in store for us in heaven for eternity, and to know that we shall be forever a new creation. Again, it's that powerful. And then the last word is deep. Deep illustrates his sacrificial love. Ephesians, in Ephesians 1, 7 through 8, it says this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Christ lived that perfect life but experience the suffering and the suffering here on earth by dying on a cross for you and me when really we truly deserved it. But he did it out of a personal love for you and me. His love for us is so deep. Again, it's that powerful, and our souls need to know this every single day. So let's go on to Paul, what Paul is saying in verse 19. Verse 19. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul is saying right here, hey guys, I want you to know that the love that surpasses knowledge. How can we know something that is past knowledge? Think about that. How can we know something that is past knowledge? It's knowledge beyond our own knowledge. Beyond what we are educated on. Beyond our own knowledge as human beings. 
It's the knowledge of the love of Christ. It's not just information that we just pass on. This is why Paul is on his knees praying, saying that I can't make them, meaning the Ephesians, who he's talking to, make them know the knowledge, but God can help them to know the knowledge of the love of Christ. And then continuing with 19, then it says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Here's the thing. I want you to, this is kind of a personal thought for you I want you to think about. When people describe you, do they say that you are filled with the fullness of God? In your life, what are you wanting to be known for? Is it that teacher that, that wants to make a difference in your students' lives that you work with? Maybe it's being that police officer that is known for great integrity or me, being that leader with it being in your home or uh, at your work and, lead, and being that leader that leads well. Maybe it's being a mother or a father that raise their children in the way of the Lord, which is all of those are great, but I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want to be known as this great worship pastor, this great youth pastor, but I want to be known as this not normal guy, right? And not normal in the sense that he prays the way that he prays and the way that he worships and the way that he lives his life for Jesus. I want people to say that I'm not normal. Why? Because I'm not just a human being. I'm being filled with the fullness of God, with a supernatural joy that produces peace in any situation. So people will say that I'm not just another guy. That's my goal. What about you? Do you want to be known as just that no other person, or do you want to be known as that not normal person who is filled with the fullness of God? I want you to turn to someone by you and say, let's not be normal. <laughs> let's not be normal. <laughs> okay? You're laughing. That's good. That's a good thing. So here we go. The prayer of strength, the result of strength, the reason of strength, and finally, number four, the power of strength. The last two verses, okay? 20 and 21. Let's read it. Read along with me. Now to him who is able to do immensely more then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So Paul is leaving it, leaving it here with a great doxology. And it's talking about the power that we can receive, the power that strengthens us. That power is God. 
God's power. You and I can can't you and I simply cannot imagine that all that God is able to do. When you and I ask for things that would will further his plan to bring all things together under Christ, including helping us to become a fitting home for his spirit and know that the unknowable love of Christ, we need to remember who we're talking to. That one I've been working on myself. It's like, again, it goes back to this, like, hey, God, pray for this, 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 and this. But it's like, oh, man, I am talking to an all-powerful God. Maybe I shouldn't do it this way. I maybe should be humble enough to say, get down on my knees and say, hey, God, I'm going to be real with you, but I'm going to do it in this way because you are an almighty, powerful God. Okay? God is willing and able to do the unthinkable for us and in us than anyone could ever imagine. So I'm going to have the worship team come up, and I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with this. I'm asking you to ask yourself questions a lot today. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it with these questions for yourself to think about for this week. Are you getting down on your knees and praying, out to, and, praying and crying out to God for our people? Are you being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ? Are you being filled with all the fullness of God and being that not normal person? And when the lights and the storms in life roll in, where does your strength come from? Who do you turn to when everything in life is out of control? It's so easy for us to try to control everything, right? Especially in times of trials, that is something that we don't like. But do you rely on yourself or do you rely on the power of Jesus Christ? And are we allowing, to God, are we allowing God to be God in our lives or are we being our own God? Let's pray. Father, this is something that we need to evaluate ourselves and look, in, look into our hearts every day. Again, when it comes to the gospel, too. Father, we, we just want to come to you and not just praying, but crying out to you. And it can be simply of saying, God, I need you. God, I need your strength. Even in the good times, Lord, we need your strength. And I feel weak and I feel alone. But Lord, I'm coming to you and saying, you are an all-powerful God. You are an all-knowing God. You are omnipresent. And we just thank you that we can know that you are just that. And you are able to do anything. And Lord, I just pray that our strength overtakes, your strength overtakes me and us as a whole. 
and help us withstand what we are facing. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to speak. And thank you for this church family. And Lord, as we come into the time of just saying how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us?